Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Arak is a form of hard liquor that is akin to maybe vodka or bourbon. It's made primarily in the Middle Eastern countries of the world. As a body warmer and mind-numbing drink, it became the friend and companion of a young Scottish soldier during the dark days of World War II. He and his regiment were fighting against Field Marshal Erwin Rommel, who was the general of the German army in northern Africa. The soldier felt the world was coming to an end. The Africa Corps, which was the name of the German army, had the Allies on the run in northern Africa, and so victory for the British seemed very bleak. Now, news from home was just as bad as not even worse. The soldiers learned that cities and towns all over Great Britain and even Scotland were constantly being bombed by the German Air Force. The cities were in ruins and burning. It was a bad time, with no hope on the world's horizon. Well, the soldier sought refuge in bottles of Arak that he drank every night. Arak became his comfort in the midst of sorrow in his life, his escape from the terrible things going on all around him. Now, his fellow soldiers warned him repeatedly not to drink so much, that that stuff would kill you. But he didn't care, and eventually it did. One morning, his fellow soldiers woke up, and they found the young man dead from alcohol poisoning. This soldier found his exit from his sorrowful life, from a life appeared with no hope, a life too hard to live, whether it was the war, living in the desert, or news from home. They all spoke to him about an end of hope. None of us can live without hope. Well, the readings for this weekend gives us cause to rejoice in the hope that God gives us. Turn to the first reading from Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners, to announce a favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. Well, here the prophet Isaiah speaks to us about hope. We must keep hope alive. Hope in God that he will be with us in our struggles. Despite the fact that we may not always see him or feel his presence, we must persevere in hope now more than ever especially now, as we continue to live through this pandemic. Now, how fitting that we rejoice in hope that God gives us as we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent. Our church used to call this Gaudete Sunday, 
which is Latin for rejoice. And it's an imperative. It's a command. We must rejoice. Well, we rejoice because the presence of God is in our lives. And that's the source of our hope. It gives us hope. Now, the counterpart to Gaudete Sunday in Advent is what we used to call Latire Sunday, which is the fourth Sunday of Lent. Both days provide us with encouragement as we progress to the end of each respected season. Now, you may say to yourself, what is there, if anything, to rejoice about in light of what we're living through? Out into our country, and we see such division, probably more so than we ever have. Division in politics, division in race. We see it growing anti-Semitism in our country. And then we look out into the world, and we see wars. Wars in the Ukraine, wars in Israel. And we recognize just how unnerving all these things are for us all. And so it is difficult for us to rejoice in anything right now, in our country or even in this world. And yet, during these difficult times, we mustn't lose hope. Like that Scottish soldier, hope keeps us alive. It gives us purpose to continue on in life, despite the challenges that we face. Now, with that in mind, go back to that first reading from Isaiah. I think he really sets the tone for us all. He gives us a cause to rejoice in the hope given to us by God. Notice how the passage begins. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. Well, the scripture passage is all about Christ himself. This passage tells us exactly who Jesus is and what he will do in his mission. That's why, when Jesus began his public ministry, he went into the synagogue, and this was the scripture passage that he first proclaimed as he began his ministry. So it tells us everything about Christ. The Spirit of the Lord. Well, where have we heard and seen the Spirit of the Lord rest upon Jesus? Well, it was at his baptism. Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And as Jesus rises out of the waters, the Spirit of the Lord descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Well, the same thing happened to us at our baptism. The Spirit of the Lord came upon us to take up residence in our soul for all of eternity. Isaiah continues, He sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor. Well, didn't Jesus do just that? He ministered to the sick, and not just those that are experiencing physical ailments, but also those that were spiritually sick, all who were oppressed in some way, shape, or form. Jesus rescued us from our captivity of sin. And Jesus displayed just how powerful he was by defeating the greatest power in this world, death itself. See, when you stop and think about that, that in of itself is a reason for us to rejoice with a sense of hope. Isaiah continues, to proclaim liberty to captives and release to prisoners. Well, Jesus enters our life And he frees us from our captivity. Now, our captivity comes in many different forms, depending upon each person. Maybe it's depression or anxiety. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's fear, envy, 
jealousy, bearing grudges, whatever it may be, Jesus frees us from those things that are keeping us held captive. Now, what's one of the things that's required of us in all of this? Patience. And see, that's what Paul is alluding to in the second reading. Paul tells us to be patient, especially during times of hardship. We have to be patient with God to alleviate our despair. But also, we have to be patient with one another. Patience, we all know, is a virtue. Is it always easy to practice? No, not at all. Sometimes it's very impossible. It can be very demanding, difficult to practice patience. After all, patience is not a soft-spoken virtue. But genuine patience involves some teeth-grinding, yes, some tongue-biting, yes, But what's critical with patience? By practicing patience, we receive the reassurance and the confidence in our hope of God, especially during hardships, suffering, and fear that we encounter in our life. Jesus gives us the hope that we won't be discouraged, the hope that we won't be defeated by our sufferings. Now that we patiently hope in Jesus liberating us from our captivity, what's the key? Well, when we are liberated, we come to know our true self. We come to know our true identity. You see this firsthand in the gospel. Here we have the Levites. They're badgering John the Baptist to tell them who he really is. Why is he baptizing? And what's the meaning of it all? They say to John, who are you? It says, John admitted I am not the Christ. And so they asked him again, What are you then? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Well, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon John, and therefore John clearly knew who he truly was. He knew his identity in relationship with God. Better yet, he knew God's mission for him, and he lived that out. And that's what we see in the Gospels. I often give you that quote from St. Irenaeus, God is glorified when the human being is fully alive. Well, when are we fully alive? When we are living out that image and likeness that we were all created in, the image and likeness of God. See, then we no longer are captive by our sin or any of the things in this world. Jesus has freed us to live the way God created us to be, the way God intended us to be from the very beginning, before the fall of grace. The one thing that we have to remember and never forget, we are not immune from the troubles of this world, nor to the agonies that cause despair in our lives. But, and here's the important thing, the seed of hope has been planted in us at the time of our baptism, and it continues to be nurtured by the Eucharist. That's why it's so important for for us to come to Mass every week, and receive the body of Christ. That's why it's so important for us to listen and believe the words of Jesus when he tells us, don't lose hope, don't lose faith in me in the midst of life's difficulties and struggles. Hope in God is what keeps us alive. Hope in God is what helps us to persevere through any struggle and overcome it. And hope in God prevents us 
from becoming like that Scottish soldier in World War II. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.